This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10, 5, victory! Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 through the fan in Dallas. Joined as always by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation 2 to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday on 105 through the fan in Dallas. He is also the pre and post game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And, uh, you know, after all the roll tide I gave him, he's really showing off his LSU colors tonight. It looks like proud LSU alum. What number is it? I can't see it. Is it a burrow? It's Joe Burrow. Joe, yeah. is it now? It's now my... is it is it the B U R R O W Burrow or is it the E A U X Burrow? That's the Cajun way of uh, Joe Burrow's name. Look at that. Do we have? Do we have? We, is this one of those things where people could see us? Is it one of those types? Yeah, of yeah, yeah. People, we... yeah. We'll have this up on the YouTube too. Let's see if we can do this the right way. Hang on. Yeah, oh, yeah. I got to take off my headset. Here we go. Yeah, but Brian's going to take it off. I'm going to go play by play. He is slowly and seductively turning around. And try, there it is. Stand up for us, Brian, if you can. You don't know if you can. There it is. Burrow, there it is right there. Nailed it. Brian brought us uh, with the, the Burrow spelling. That's uh, that's quite a jersey, quite a football player. One of the, uh, it's a one hoodie. Of the best we've it's seen. It's actually oh, it's it's a, like hoodie? a hoodie. Yeah, it's a hoodie. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. there. Kind well, of, we'll, per- yeah. We'll talk about a quarterback uh, next segment that's even better than Joe Burrow, Brian. That's Dak Prescott. We're going to talk oh, about I, I thought you were going to tease no, that. No. I thought you were going to, yeah. <laughs> no, we will talk next segment a little bit about Dak Prescott. Uh, the high level that he's playing at right now. Uh, Micah Parsons coming out this week saying he thinks Dak Prescott should be in the MVP conversation, which is a weird thought to have given where this team looked after the San Francisco game. But the last few weeks, yeah. playing really well. We'll figure out what's yes. sustainable. And yeah. what is uh, on the horizon for this football team? But we're going to lead off today. We talked about the Giants' defense when we last left off. Some of the problems they have there, Brian. Uh, the Giants' offense is as critical as we were of the Giants' defense. The Giants' offense is probably worse. This is—I I don't know about you—with Daniel Jones out, with the the problems they have blocking. Evan Neal is going to be out in this game. Yeah. When you look at this offense. This is one of the worst offenses I've seen on tape. I don't know about you, but like this is one of the worst offenses I've seen on tape in the last five years. This you is know, a really it, bad team yeah. without Daniel Jones and without Darren Waller contributing at the level they expected. And it's it's really, to be honest with you, Bobby. It's I say that a lot to be honest with you <laughs> because, because I don't you're really an know honest guy, Brian. An honest guy, but I never believed that. Matt Kafka, who was with Andy Reid, who a lot of people were talking about. You know, I know Andy didn't run, want to lose Matt Kafka, and he's mm-hmm. the OC for the Giants. Mike Kafka, yeah. Mike Kafka. I said Matt Kafka. I'm thinking Matt Canada for uh, for That's st- another offensive coordinator. That's another offensive coordinator job, yeah. about to lose a job. But, you know, Mike Kafka, it's surprising 
it really, really is that they've been as poor as they have. And a lot of it has to do with the quarterback situations, with the injuries, their offensive line. They've committed, they've committed like real resources. They've to draft spent. Them. They have spent to First build it. Round it's just picks, not good. Second round picks. They've traded for guys. You know, they they have committed. It's almost the total opposite. And I'll say this though, Andrew Thomas is a good player. Yeah, he's, a, know, he's, he's it, a good tackle. It, he's a good tackle. He's their best player on offense, to be honest. But if you're playing with Justin Pugh right now, you know, that's that's a bad situation. It's a guy who was that, on the couch a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And so, you know, it's 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 gonna be Tyree Phillips is probably gonna fill in uh for Evan Neal, you know, at the right tackle spot. Uh Evan Neal has he hurt his ankle, he's hyperextended both ankles. You know, he's, uh, you know, it's one of those things, unfortunately, for the Giants that, you know, he's going to be out this week. So, Phillips, and talking to some folks at the Giants, they're kind of in that mode of like, you know, Phillips hasn't been bad, and there probably won't be a huge drop-off. And that'll, that just kind of tells you where Evan Neal is right now. You know? That, Evan, that, this, this is, I, when Evan Neal was coming out, Brian, you remember, I, I think you were, Big, you had this slow thought too. Yeah. A little slow footed, but he was one of these guys. I felt like when you watched him, you were like, okay, is, is, is he going to be dominant? Maybe not. You didn't feel like he was this mm. dominant future tackle, but when you watched him, you were like, he won't bust. Like he's a, he's a, he's a high yeah. floor guy, at least like, like you feel And I know you hate that term. I know you hate the high floor. High, you hate the floors and ceilings and everything. Is Mike McCarthy at his ceiling as a play caller? Um, I, and that's why I was I, I asked that question today because of the whole floor and ceiling dip bit. Is Mike McCarthy at his ceiling as a play caller? Um, and I, I mean I, that in a way of of maybe advancing your offense with what you would believe, like if you were the Rams or the 49ers or these teams with these elite type play caller dudes. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, if I asked that question today. Man, it's a it's it's something worth monitoring as we move forward. Did you hear and and we're getting a little sidetracked. I don't mean to get sidetracked, but did you hear Mike McCarthy on with us this morning? Yeah. Boy, he there was a little revisionist history there on what he was talking about how what how he wanted this team to win football games. Oh, sure it is. He has said consistently it's a defense yeah. team. We want to run the ball yeah. and control. And then yeah. he was basically like, I never said that. What do you what do you mean? Defense running? Yeah. I know, you know, I, I never yeah. said that. Passing's a huge part of this, but that's that's another conversation. Probably for next time we can roll that in with Dak. But this Giants team, man, they can't block. Uh, yeah. They don't have dynamic playmakers. Saquon now, wait Barkley, a minute. Wait a minute. Who, who are you going to try and tell me is a dynamic playmaker? I'll tell you what. I, you know, it's their their skill guys are a lot better than they used to be. You know, when you talk about uh, with with uh, with uh, Robinson, Wondell Robinson, mm-hmm. I think is a good player for them. Uh, you know, they haven't got Jalen Hyatt. We all love Jalen Hyatt. Hyatt's coming fast. out of Tennessee. It's, it's, he runs like the wind, and that's yeah. great, and that's great to have. But I mean, it, it's it's the Brandon Cooks equation too. Darren like, Waller well, at one time, you didn't like Darren Waller as a player. Darren Waller, I just never thought you could run. You know who? I, when watching ta- these ta- tape of these last couple games, Brian, you know who I came away really liking? Who? Daniel Bellinger, who I liked coming out of San Diego State. There Bellinger, you go. Bellinger's not a bad player, but Bellinger. Bellinger's he's an effective not, player. Yeah, he's exactly. not going to gash you. Like he's he's no, going to have they, some. 
they they can't get the ball to these guys. That's the biggest problem that they're running into right now. Is this is this the worst offensive line you've seen on tape this year? Wow. Case I think this, I think this is a confidence I, I'm builder just for thinking, Cowboys just, fans who are worried about thinking, their offensive line. Thinking the right side of San Francisco. I'm just going to go down the the Giants opening day struggled. Week two was the Jets that at the time was. Not One side of the good. line was okay, the other was not. The Patriots. That I line. think this is the. I think to me this is the worst. This team. Arizona's pin and pull. Brian, this team I think is. I don't know. I'm, how trying, I'm, got, I'm just walking through them. I'm oh yeah, no, 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 no. I'm just saying out loud, talking about this Giants team. They lost forty to nothing in Week One. Yeah. This is a. This is somehow a much worse football team than the one I saw in Week One too. Like yeah. I just I I don't they've lost you know they're two top they, they are they are bad they are bad and and they're and they're bad and they're bad because they're I mentioned they're starting guys like Justin Pugh who you know eight years ago was you know a good player yeah. but you know and and John Michael Smith's the center has not developed like maybe that we all that okay I shouldn't say you but you look at this. You look at the college. I like John Michael Smiths. Yeah, I, like I did him. too a lot. I thought John Michael Smiths was going to be a guy that that was going to be a, a really good athletic center, uh, but he lacks power. And that's he was a he was he was like a uh, a discount version of Tyler Linderbaum for me. That's how I viewed him. That's that's pretty that's pretty fair. But you know, Andrew Thomas hasn't played at a. I don't, you know, maybe the metrics will tell you that Andrew Thomas has played at a Thomas great level. Been, Thomas has been a little banged up. I still think he's that, been their best guy, but he's been a little by, by far. Up. He's been their best guy, their guy. But was it Bredesen? You know, Bredesen, Bredesen and Glowinski have been bad, and Glowinski's that's, probably yeah. not going to play. Yeah, there you go. And that's that's the issue right now. You know, they've you know very similar to what Dallas has kind of dealt with. Their center has been a little poor. Uh, the right tackle has been a little poor, you know. They've their their left tackle found uh, the fountain of youth for a game. At least one week he did, yeah, yeah. And then there's been times where I'd have to say my eye test tells me that Tyler Smith has been very good at times, and other times he struggled. But the center and the right tackle have had their share of issues, and and I think you know when you look at the Giants, the left guard not very good. Center has struggled as a rookie. The right tackle has been bad. You know, there's there's far more you know poor players I think on the Giants. But yeah, you know, if you're one of these teams that has, you can hide one bad offensive lineman or a poor offensive lineman. You can't hide three. Yeah, you now, can't now Brian, hide three. Did you? Which games did you watch of the Jets? The offense? last two, uh, so, Raiders and Jets. When when you turn on the Jets tape. And then there, we kind there, of understand what would happen opening day against the Cowboys. Sure. When when you turn on the Jets tape and there was that section, I think, from the third quarter to the first drive in overtime, can you recall the last time you watched tape of an NFL offense and they ran the ball 23 plays in a row like the Giants did in that game? Yeah. 23 no, times no. in a row. And that's what they had to do. This is a team that does like well, to run the football. I, I think Tommy DeVito is a guy that, as I mentioned the other day, reminds me a little bit of Danucci. I think he's a, a more capable player than Danucci, but similar, like he's got kind of a, a funky release at times. Sure. Uh, he he has a ton of trust in his arm, maybe more than no, he yeah, should. Way, way more trust in his Athletic, arm. Athletic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he, he's a guy that 
I don't I don't think you have to worry about Tommy. Tommy DeVito, I think, is going to give you the ball a couple times on Sunday. Uh, and, and I think that they're going to their best hope, the Giants best hope to do anything to the Cowboys is going to be that the the Cowboys revert back to some of their poor discipline in the run game. And Barkley's just able to to really, you know, dominate the game and eat clock. That is their best chance. Even still, I this is this is how far I'm taking this one, Brian. I told uh, Sean and RJ on 105 through the fan uh, earlier today, and we're recording this on Friday. I told them this Giants team is so bad. If you told me the Cowboys were playing every single last one of their backup offensive linemen, I'd still pick them by 14 in this game. This is a, this is a this is a bad team, and a lot of it, as we already talked about the defense, a lot of this comes down to the offense. There's some parts you like about guys like Wandell Robinson and Jalen Hyatt. You like traits of theirs. But there aren't any real complete receivers, I don't think, on this team. And there aren't any, you know, legitimate every snap threats. And when you're on quarterback three and you're on backup offensive linemen on an offensive line that was already really terrible, I I never pick shutouts. Brian, when we get to our picks in this game, I'm going to pick a shutout. Like, I just don't – I do not see a way that the Giants are going to be able to score points on Sunday. Do you see it any differently? No, I, I – I... You know, if you're asking me right now to make a prediction on a couple of different platforms on uh, the break uh, this morning, I picked 30 to six Dallas. And then I, do, I usually do the same thing. I try and be consistent throughout of who I picked and, you know, the score. I don't try and like pick Dallas on one show and then somebody else on the other. So I went 30 to six. I, I do, I do feel like it's going to be difficult for. I think it is going to be difficult for the uh, for the the Giants to score points, but I, I was going back, Bobby. I was trying to find the game. I was trying to find the game where Dallas. How did and, and you have a really good memory for this stuff? Mm-hmm. How did Dallas mess around and almost lose to Houston? How did that that game last year? So I, you know, I mean, I'm trying to find it on my my game log because I was trying to think about. Okay, you know that was a game where who was the starting quarter? Houston's starting quarterback was I am blanking right now, but I remember he was he whoever was starting at quarterback that day. I think played a lot better. Like I want to say they I'm I'm gonna pull. Did they shuttle their quarterbacks? Was it was it a was it a shuttle the shuttle the quarterback situation where there were? It was Davis Mills played a lot better than we were anticipating. Jeff Driscoll gashed him a little bit running the ball. Yeah, Driscoll. That's and what Mills. I thought. There was. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it was one of those things where it was like, yeah, it was the it was a two quarterback system, is what it was. And uh, let's see what I got it right here. Okay, it was right after. It was right after they mauled the Colts. They beat the Colts fifty four to nineteen, and then the next week they play the Texans. It would be. Uh, I, I'm like I'm looking 14. at the game. There, there were some turnovers. Cowboys had a couple turnovers, but I mean, this was like I mean, it, it was. I, I'm, I'm just saying. Fun. I'm just saying. If you want to, if you want to mess around, yeah, that's if true. You want, if you want to give, you know, because the and, and didn't McCarthy bring that up with you guys today? Yes, he did. Yeah, he, he about said a lot the, of people he, thought we were going to smoke Houston last year. Houston we, we was one. Yeah, Houston going into this game was one ten and one. Houston was Houston was the best drive of the Cowboys season away from winning that game. If Dak Prescott doesn't go on a 98-yard touchdown drive in the final three minutes, they lose that game. Bobby, they're down. Dallas is down 23-17 to 17 and scored 10, point, 10 unanswered points in the fourth. 
to win that game. Yeah. You know, and so you're you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, well, how how does you know how could things happen? How could you know? Here it is. Dallas said Dallas ran the okay. Houston ran the ball for 114 yards. Their quarterbacks were 20 of 27 for 213 yards. Okay, so the numbers. I mean, they only had 327 yards. They lost a fumble in the game. They had two turnovers in the game. So they lost a fumble and then they. They they uh threw an interception. Well, the, the Cowboys. What did the Dallas Cowboys had, do? Yeah, Dallas had, had three and downs. Da- yeah, yeah. Dallas had three had three turnovers in that game. Prescott was twenty four of thirty nine for two eighty four, a touchdown and two interceptions in that game. Houston led the time of possession by almost seven minutes in that game. Dallas was one and two on fourth down. Houston was zero of two. Uh, Houston was seven of fifteen on third down in that game. You know, yeah, this this is here's that's the if you want, if you that, want, that, if, and, and, and I picked if that, you want I, to figure out how to lose a game. That's that's you mentioned this. Davis Mills was 16 of 21 for 175 yards. And then Driscoll would come in essentially just to run, four, but he would four, throw yeah, some. Yeah, four. He had seven. He had seven rushing attempts for 36 yards in that game. So, oh, yeah. is that then is the way to win this game? Is it just and, and it, look, I'm going to be honest. It's not going to happen, Brian. If, if they no, it's it's if, not. But I mean, yeah, but sure, sure, sure. I, can, sure. I, I totally get it. It's, but if you if you want to if you want to know how Dallas is capable of playing down to a one and ten team, they did that last year. Yeah, you it's, were not Dallas and, reverting to awful run defense. Yeah. If they revert and to their to their worst, it shouldn't happen. Yeah. It shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. But there's been times where. We we get the reminders of Arizona earlier this year. I think Arizona is a better team, much better team. I know Arizona's record is not great, but they're a better team than the Giants. Oh they're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, even that, at, that even the, at one and eight, they're Arizona a better. Should have beat them. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But they did. You're right. They didn't. I mean, uh, the Giants came back and won the game. But if you wanna, if you wanna think about what's the path for the Giants to win this game. Let the Cowboys have three turnovers, you know, and let them and let them, uh, you know, let them not, uh, you know, handle business early in this football game. I again, I think they maul. I think they maul the Giants. But if you're one of those people, like, well, and we've seen the Cowboys play down to the level of the opponent they've had. Yeah, we've seen them. We've seen them do it before, and it, yeah. it, it it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. If Dallas would would win the game, but it would have to be something that we just even I said it thirty to six. You know that's that's what I think. But if it gets in the fourth quarter and it's uh you know the game is uh is uh you know twenty one to sixteen, it wouldn't surprise me either. You know I'd say okay, well here here's a here's you know here's the Houston Texans game all over again. Ten points in the fourth to, yeah. to win that football game. I mean, it's 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 not quite the Harlem Globetrotters versus the Washington Generals this week, but that's just because the Cowboys aren't the Globetrotters. The Giants are the the, the Generals right now, and it's well, it's a, it's a bad football team. But you're right; there is the any given Sunday factor. Well, to that's it. what I'm saying. The, the, yeah, upset. the Houston's were Houston Texans were one ten and one going into that game. You know, that's if you if you if you if you're one of those fans that that kind of like, well, you never know. Kind of that's there you go. Dallas will find a way to play at the level of the team that they're playing against. Well, Brian, you went with 30 to six. I'm going with 28 nothing. 
And yeah. I like to me, I, I just I don't know the the amount of points Dallas scores is just going to be completely dependent on how much do they want to put their foot on the gas to me, um, because they may. This could be a game. We talked about it yesterday a little bit. This could be a game where they try to establish the run a little bit, where they see, hey, let's build some confidence in the run game. We feel like we can do some things against them. And then if they get up big, maybe they're kind of, you know, working some of the clock here. But uh, I think this is a game that Dallas is going to be in complete control. Then you do, too. You think that as well. But there is you're, you're just trying yeah. to, to to talk I, about. I, I just and, and I guarantee there's people that are going to listen to this and they're going to hate everything that I just said the last three minutes of that whole thing with the Houston thing. This and is a no-win no no to... game for the Cowboys. Yes. If the Cowboys win 50 to nothing, nobody's impressed. If they lose, they are killed nationally for Absolutely. It. I'll tell you if they're how about if they're how about if they win the game, which is hard to do in the National Football League. I always say that. You know, say they win the game like they did against Houston last year and they don't run the ball. I think it's they win the game, it's a close game, but they don't run the ball. Now you're going to start to that. I think that that part of the narrative will be even louder than if they were to than if they were to lose this game. Well, then let's uh, let's hope that's not the case. Let's hope yeah. for a dominant. I'll tell you who's hoping for a dominant victory. Mike McCarthy. I'm sure Mike McCarthy doesn't want any style point questions. Oh, no, hell no. Week. Uh, so so they're going to try and uh, exert Dallas the is, dominance that they yeah. they should over this is a worse team than the one you beat 40 to nothing in week one and so yeah the cat you're at home now the cowboys should have a lot of success here cowboys are obviously not quite the same team they don't have trayvon diggs anymore right uh they've had some of their own struggles but th- this That's, is a team the cowboys should th- this team is three and three without diggs in the yeah. lineup yeah they they were a dominant team for the first two weeks that he played then that him and vanderish being out i don't think we can uh i don't think we could is it right by saying you overstate or is it? Yeah, you can't under- overstate it. Yeah. Can't overstate how important those guys really have been. I'm not, me, me personally, that's when you look at some of the things going on right now. He, he's a big difference maker in a, in a three receiver league. When you lose your best corner on a, a team that had three that they felt good about, then yeah, this is something that then, you know, can, can cause some disruption, but you're right. I hadn't even thought about it in those terms though. Cowboys being a 500 team without Trayvon Diggs is, is pretty sobering to think about. You are listening to the Love the Star podcast. The Love the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. All right, Brian, let's talk about Dak Prescott. And do you want me to I, go off the air now? You want no, me to, no, no. Would you, like, would you like to talk about Dak by yourself? No, no, no. You know, you know that you know that's not the case. Is that when Dak's playing well, I talk enough of, about him that when he's playing well, I just like to sit back and hear other people talk about how great he plays. And I go, ah, yes, vindicated. That's the way I like to do it, Brian. But the discussion here that I want to have is the last three weeks have been Great. Maybe three best games he's played this year. Two and one, though, on the record-wise. And yes. Could have got some help last week. Absolutely could have got some help. Yeah, yeah, and I think if you look at it, it's it's probably – they're the three best games he's played, and each week has gotten better than that. The, yeah. the Chargers game was good. He was better against the Rams. He was best against the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, played a really fantastic game. He is finding, I think, a level of comfort 
Um, we, we drew this analogy this morning on 105 through the fan when I was talking to Sean and RJ, where when I joined the morning show a year ago, I probably prepped and spoke and weighed in on topics differently in the first two months than I do today. Because in those first two months, you're just kind of trying to find your space. You're trying to find, okay, what is, what are the rules here versus what are, what are the suggestions? What are the guidance points? And where do you have some room to adjust and do some things you want? So I think for the first few weeks, you saw Dak playing everything by the book to a T need to be in on these steps, need to get the ball out here. And it, it was, he was trying to find where is the nuance within this scheme? Because you're only going to find it once you get into game reps and understand where you can do it. And I think what you've seen is when Dak takes off and runs on three straight dropbacks, like he did to start the second drive last week, that's a guy who is starting to have command over where exactly he can take over. And I think that's an encouraging and exciting thing for Cowboys fans who hope the best for this offense, for the team, for this quarterback. Um, but Brian, how much of how much of what we've seen from Dak is totally sustainable? You know, you've got a you've got a game against the Rams. That's at home. The Cowboys tend to play really well at home. Against the Eagles, you say, wow, that's impressive. But then when you look back over it, you also got to say, okay, well, this is just a function of Dak Prescott has the Eagles number. Cause you look at his last three starts against them, it's like 13 touchdowns, one pick, 80% complete. He's he's just played yeah. really well against Philadelphia. How much of this do you think this three-week sample size is indicative of what he can be within this offense, what he can take this offense to, and what's sustainable for the rest of the season? I think it's absolutely sustainable. I I, I do. I think that I don't know, I don't know what flipped. After the San Francisco game, I, I don't know what flipped. I, I know, I know going into, I know going into like the Giants game, you know, we were kind of all, you know, opening day, we were all sitting there like, what's this offense going to look like, you know, and we were just kind of all kind of just kind of waiting to see. I don't know if something after that game, that, that loss in San Francisco that night, that they sat down as a staff and said, we've got to give him more opportunities. We've got to give him more uh, chances here. I, I think one of the things I've noticed, though, he started to running the ball more. He, You know me, Bobby. I'm the muddy, bloody Dak Prescott guy. That, here's that's, a, fun, here's you know, a fun fact for you, Brian. He has the highest scramble percentage of his career right now. There you go. So that's what I'm saying. If you go back and look at – and it really started after that San Francisco game. Yep. He had seven for forty against the the Chargers. He ran four for nineteen against the uh, against the the Rams, and then he had and then he had six for fourteen on the one drive. Though he had the twelve, he had twelve yards on one drive. But you know, I mean, that's the the thing that I the the thing that I I've been the most depressed about with Dak is I've always believed that when he gets the feel of the game. That he is going to be that guy. Yeah. And he he has ever since that San Francisco game, he got the feel of what's going on, the scrambling around against the Chargers. He got the feel of the game, you know, with you know, with what that was going on with the uh, with the Rams and how they were going to play him. You know, you know, he's 25 or 31 in that game. Uh, and then he, you know, turns around in the, you know, in the in the Philly game. And usually with Dak throwing the ball 44 times. You're thinking, well, that's an absolute disaster. He's going to throw the ball 44 times, and he's going to have three interceptions. 
when only threw the ball 44 times and had no interceptions, you know? And the, the, the Eagles secondary, you know what? I think they were a little bit compromised with how banged up they were. But, you know, for him to face five sacks and not have any – in and if it face the pressures that he did and throw three touchdowns and no interceptions, that to me right there gives me hope. That gives me hope right there that, you know what, if they don't have a running game, they can lean on their quarterback and lean on him pretty heavily. You know, he had some drops in that game or guys, you know, he missed a couple of throws. Hell, I, I think in that game, he could have had a 400-yard game passing the ball. Sure. Yeah. You know, and and they had no running game. They had absolutely really no running game. And he was able to do it. And I, I've always been that guy that just kind of like, he can't throw the ball over 40 times. You can't make him throw the ball 35 times. You can't do that. I think we're to the point now where Dak, they were so against him even throwing potential interceptions that they handcuffed him in some ways. I think the last since that San Francisco game, they've said, no, we need to play this thing more open, more Here, open. Here's, more, here's a more question attack. for you. And he's got a receiver. He's got a receiver that's a badass, and he's got a tight end that makes a lot of plays for him too. So why not ride those three if you can? Here, and, and that's one of the things we've talked about. We've talked about this triangle on offense of Dak Prescott, Jake Ferguson, CeeDee Lamb, that when that is is in its rhythm and is in its groove, that's when this offense this season has looked really its good. Best. That's yep. when it's been really tough to cover them is when Ferguson and Lamb are making plays and Dak is getting the ball to them effectively. He's threatening with his legs. He's doing different things. You mentioned there after the San Francisco game, something clicked, provided more opportunities, whatever it is. Do you think that that was something fostered by this Cowboys coaching staff? Or do you think this has been Dak Prescott saying, I am going to do this like, and, th- and that it's been, or maybe it's a blending of the two, but, but is it more coaching staff putting him in a position to do those things you think, or do you think it's Dak saying I've got to take over in certain areas? We know one thing that after the San Francisco game, CD lamb, I think politely asked about being more involved and yeah. the chargers game seven for seven on targets and receptions for a one seventeen, And then all of a sudden you're like going, Oh, Okay, well, here you go. Nice job, CD. Nice job, you and Dak getting it together. Nice win out there in Los Angeles. Then all of a sudden, it's like, well, let's take this a step further. Let's let's go fourteen targets, twelve receptions for a buck fifty-eight. And then the following week, let's go sixteen targets for eleven receptions for one ninety-one. I think something right there after after Lamb's game in San Francisco, he said, "We've got to do something different here." And I think the I think the coaches agreed with him. I think the coaches absolutely agreed with him that okay, we do need to find ways to create more opportunities down the field. You know, he 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 lit up the Jets in that he you know if you look at but until that Jets game, it was the Giants was four for four, Arizona was was four of seven, the the Patriots was four of six. The 49er game was terrible for him. I mean, it was four or five, but 49 yards. You know, they the thing that the things that people start doing too is they start blitzing Dak. And Dak is like, you know, he 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 handles that. He's like, come on, bring the blitz on. Come on. Yeah. You know, come on, you know, rush me that way. I kind of always thought like Dak against zone coverage was really, really good. No, it's now he's got against blitzes, he's got 
10 touchdowns, one interception against zone coverage. It's three touchdowns, four interceptions. He is. He has been pretty good. I mean, there have been some outlier years. He pretty consistently throughout his career blitz and third downs. He's really effective. Really, he, really he's, good. He's one of the better ones in the league at that. Um, and, and I think that that those are probably the moments, honestly, when we talk about Dak freelancing and feeling the game a little bit, those are probably going to be the moments where that's that's most, you know, the, it, it's most apt to to have those moments happen is a blitz. OK, well, you're going to have to, you know, kind of freelance a little bit, do some different things on third downs. You're just trying to make a play, keep the dry alive. You're probably more willing to take some chances or or do some different things to to kind of, you know, move around freelance a little bit. Like I said, the, the play I pointed to, the one that gave me the most comfort that I saw on Sunday was the one where he and Tolbert were, you know, communicating right there and, and making a play happen. Dak's kind of sliding up in the pocket. He's directing traffic. Tolbert's reading it the right way. That's the kind of stuff that they need more of. And that's where if Dak is able to do those things, the Cowboys are going to have a lot of success. But it's just, is that the question we've got to find out over the next few weeks is, is this who he is? Is this who he has the capability of being? Is the guy he's been the last three weeks? Can he be this guy every week or close to it? Or um, is that too tall of a a, a ask? Too no, big of an uh-uh. ask to have no. him play like that? No, it's not. It's not. No, it's not. Because if Dallas is going to win the division, he's going to have to play like this. He's going to have to play like this. He's going to have to have some of those. He's going to have to have great games. Uh against uh, when Philadelphia comes back through. He's going to have to have a a great game against Seattle at home. They're going to need him at Buffalo, probably in some really poor weather, to to be that guy. You know, they're going to need him in Miami. If Dallas is going to – this is just me right now, my opinion as we speak today here on on November 10th. If Dallas is going to win the division, they're going to have to have Dak Prescott play like he's played – the last three weeks. Yeah. Throw the football or close make to big it. plays. Yeah. Throw the football well, make big plays, make the right reads, don't turn the ball over. Because I I, I this this running game might look good this week. And, and it might be, oh well, hey, maybe they figured something out. No, you've got to prove to me that you can run the ball for three, four straight weeks. That's what you have to do. I know this quarterback can, if you put it on him. Fair or unfair, I'm I'm what I'm seeing of this quarterback the last three weeks, especially and especially against the Eagles, who I feel like have one of the best fronts, them in San Francisco. You know, when you start to talk about for him to endure five sacks, and people say, Well, he should have thrown it away. No, you, you probably watched all 22 by now. You probably said, Well, he couldn't throw that one away. He couldn't throw he, he spun into that, you know. But Dak Prescott is capable now. I I really believe this of carrying your football team. And we always talk about, well, he's going to have a perfect offensive line. He's got to have running game and all that. Yeah. That all those things help, but you know what? I don't think that's walking through the door anytime soon. I really don't, you know, I mean, we're, we're just one Tyron Smith walking across the street and back tightening up from, you know, being back to Adoga and others playing, you know? Yeah. I want to believe the offensive line can improve. But I think this is going to be about Dak Prescott, and, and 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 I'm sorry if you're a Prescott fan, and you know, I'm I'm, but I'm I, I have really I have no other choice. It's going to be him, Lamb, Ferguson, and anybody else that wants to come along. And you know what? And, you you know what though? I think 
the quarterback welcomes that as much as why not he He, why not yeah why not he is a competitor who absolutely believes in his ability that sure does i i honestly think this is just my again this is my own read on it i i i wonder sometimes if was there the chance that some of this discussion about well let's run the ball let's make sure that Mm. he's not turning the ball over yeah. As a competitor and knowing the competitor deck is pissed I him off. There, there was a little bit off. of it's the yeah. Michael Jordan, and I took that personally. I wonder if yeah. there was just yeah. a little bit of like, okay, totally. yep. all right, yep. I'll show you because he is a competitor yep. and he wants those opportunities. I think. He challenged Mike, uh, he, uh, uh, Dak, CD. What do those guys do? They challenged McCarthy. I believe CD was the one guy that came out in public uh, when you're standing there with a mic in front of his face and talked about it. Dak's probably not that kind of guy, but you da- damn Dak's well not that guy in the media. Dak is that guy, but but, that, but he's behind closed door. I yeah. guarantee he's telling Scott Tolzien's like, why the hell you not let me throw this ball here? Why why is this a play call there? You know, they figured something out with CD Ferguson and Dak. They've get in any. I mentioned this. Anybody else? Anybody else that wants to supplement this thing? Come on down, uh, Cooks. Come on down, Tolbert. Come on down, Gallup. Any one of these guys, any come on down, Pollard. Anybody else that wants to help along, but they've got three guys that they can hang their hats on. And and I think that if they're going to win the division, it's going to be on the shoulders of Dak Prescott. It that's just that's you know, he he went toe to toe with the beast from the east and and is no worse for wear. Yeah, they took the L. But my gosh, it was first in, you know, first in, you know, whatever, first in five on the five, whatever that, you know. I mean, they it, the turnover, the, uh, the 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 penalties and the sacks, you know, that that killed you. But I think I think that I think that team learned something though. The next time they play the Eagles, I really do. You're listening to the Love the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag, and I'm going to do something different uh, because the first question today is going to come from me. The first question (laughs) is from me to you. Can I ask you one back? Yeah. I had intended to ask Mike McCarthy this question when we talked to him on Mm. uh, Friday. We had a lot of stuff to get to with him, so it just it wasn't one that I, I ended up having the time for. But was he really surly with you guys? I didn't think he was surly. I don't know that guys. he was surly. I think he was a little. I think he's. I think the frustration you see when he talks about the Brandon Cook situation right now is is the same frustration someone has when they know you're right and they just they don't want to talk I, about it anymore. I don't. I, I think I, I think he knows people are right that Brandon Cooks needs to have a bigger. But Bobby, to me, if Brandon Cooks and 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 I'm I'm not trying to be an apologist for Mike McCarthy. Everybody knows that, but I'm trying to be fair. We know. I'm trying to be fair here. I'm just trying to be fair. I think if Brandon Cooks and Brandon Cooks is a pros pro, so he's not. You're not going to hear him about complaining or you know if he's not getting the ball or whatever. I think he's highly frustrated. Okay, he could be frustrated. I, I, think, it's, I think he's a pro about but, it. Yeah, but Bobby, but to me, to me, to me, I kind of believe that when you watch the All Twenty Two, if you watched every single route that Brandon Cooks runs, yeah, there's separation out there. I think there's things, and I think Mike McCarthy would like to come out and say, "Hey, we're trying to get the ball to him." But and I asked Stephen Jones the question today: Do you feel like that there is some route or play call bad luck? 
when and I brought it up the other day when you create a route where all of a sudden you know you got Pollard out in the flat and he runs inside on the goal line in the end zone and here's a deep cross coming from Cooks on the other side and they collide and Dak can't get the ball to either one of them. Yeah, you know. And then there's the the Jets game where they run another deep cross and the Jets are playing zone and there's three guys sitting over there on this side of the field waiting for him. You know, and then there's the let's run, let's run a play with uh let's take Gallup and try and run a rub route with Gallup and Ferguson. Oh, well, that doesn't work because oh wait, we throw it to Gallup and it bounces off him. See, to me, that's now where that play needs to be a Brandon Cooks play. If it's rub and it's zone and Ferguson, they can't get him the ball. The ball needs to go now inside to Cooks and let him run. You know why? Why I, don't I th- why don't why don't they do what they did with, with the speed that he has? Why don't they do what they did with Ceedee Lamb in the Rams game where they go, "We're going to get you three smoke routes. We're just going to throw." See, you that's ball and what that, that's what everybody's saying, and 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 I think uh, I think there's people now that are saying, "Oh, we'll throw him screens and all that." That that's fine. Just but don't throw him screens just to throw him screens. He he can make he could separate down the field in this game he will separate right He'll but if put, you're but if you're if you're concerned with the man we've schemed up everything and just the worst luck all right well then create luck how about how about okay you know Dallas's ability to block on screens is about none right now sure am I right about that yeah do, do the linemen get out in front eh, not always. Do the receivers really, you know, do they really not consistent with the receivers? Yeah. It's all of a sudden, like all of a sudden they ask Tolbert out there to block or Gallup out there or land somebody block and they miss the block. And all of a sudden it's a, oh, we threw three smoke screens for two yards today. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want to just throw smoke screens to him just to throw smoke screens. If you want to create opportunities for him down the field. And I think they are, I think that he's having some, some issues with coverage and some just route bad luck. And sure, it's, but, and he, it's, but he is fast enough to where he, he has enough game-breaking speed that I think if you put a screen in his hands, that's not just a normal, let's get him a touch on the ball. That can be a weapon to, to just yeah. get him a screen and, and let him go. And I want to make sure that when, okay, and I, I'm not trying to, I, I sound super negative about this right now. Would you put it, would you, would you start trying to, if you're looking for a schematic change and he's got speed and he's a smaller guy, would you start trying to do some different things like line him up in the backfield? And like have him run routes out of the backfield. I'd, I'd put him in the slot, and I'd, I'd run sail routes. I'd run outs. I'd run. I'd sprint to him. You know, run outs, quick outs. You know, whatever you have to do, get him the ball on the move. You know, and I think they've tried with these, some of these right to left deep crossers, mm-hmm. and they just it haven't worked. And I think McCarthy's frustrated because he keeps hearing you and I talk about get him the ball and he's trying to get him the ball, but they can't get him the ball because of some of the coverages that he have dealt with, or they collide with Pollard in the end zone and Dak can't throw him the ball because two white jerseys have collided to each other and they're both stopped in the end zone. Well, well then that's still something that would come back to McCarthy is why are your, why is it week nine and your guys can't, you know, run right route depth. Why, why do you, because have you know why Bobby, because they don't practice on Wednesday and Thursday. Then that's your that's coach. Why. That's your that's, coach. That, that's what I'm saying. And Mike so talks. So this all as, eventually comes back to that. Well, no, Mike and Mike talks about like today. He's like going. He goes. Well, we had a good practice today. We had a good practice today. Good, well, good week of practice today. You know what? What player has? What player did Brian Schottenheimer on Monday say has gotten better in practice? That that works at practice harder than anybody and has gotten better at practice or the way he attacks practice. I don't recall what I recall from Scott Lamb. Lamb was him saying, oh, was him, saying, was him saying steel needed to work yes, better. CD Lamb. 
CD Lamb has gotten better. You know why? Because he practices his stuff. You know, and I get it. And I asked Stephen Jones a question again today because Stephen and I are the same age. And Stephen played college football at Arkansas. And I asked him this question. I go, when you were in college, you practiced, right? Practice hard, right? See, there's a difference between, to me, having – and Stephen Under says, listen, Brian, I get what you're saying. I get it. You got to practice. But they're also in the belief about 17-game schedule and having the health of their team. Yeah. Okay, I'm for you. But one of your best players practices hard. And the coach even said it. The, the OC said it. And to me, and then now you got all these – and, and it's what's happening is the players – that are veteran players, that are your primary players, are the ones that are getting the veteran days. They're getting veteran days. And I understand the veteran day for Tyron Smith now because we never know if Tyron Smith's going to play again. You know, we just never know. Walking yeah, across the street. Yeah, that's a unique case. That's a unique that's a, case. But everybody else, to me, there needs to be work on rub routes and how deep is Schoonmaker supposed to be and where's Ferguson and, you know, that kind of thing. Or, hey, where's Gallup and where's the mesh point with Ferguson and – you know, you you tell me you tell me about practice, you tell me about it, and then you go out and we talked about those nine one one moments. You know, where where's where's Amari Cooper in the nine one one moment? Well, he hadn't been practicing all week, so we can't put him on the field. Coach's decision. Yeah, and he doesn't get along with your wide receivers, coach. Yeah, so all these things, you know, Mike McCarthy, and you know, I appreciate him. I appreciate him in the health of trying to work with the health of the team. But I also feel like, though, you can't be making mistakes on the field of stuff, that you, you know, stuff you put on the game sheet, on the play sheet, the stuff you practice. That's stuff you practice. Yeah. So to me, I'm, if there continues to be, if there continues to be some busts or, whoa, what just happened there? Questions? I think somebody needs to ask the practice question, Mike. And I did of Stephen Jones. And he was like, I see what you're talking about, Brian. I believe that. I do believe that because your best player, and I'll say it one last time. I'm sorry, folks. I repeat myself a ton. No, you're good. Your, your best player right now is C.D. Lamb. Yes. Am I right about that? Yeah. And what did the O.C. say? He practices hard every week. Yeah. That's why. That's why. All right, let's jump to some of these uh, questions real quick from the listeners. I ran uh, it. I'm sorry about no, that. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. I think I think that answers. Honestly, that covers about half the questions. A lot of what you're saying within there covers about half the questions that we were getting here. That's why I'm, I'm kind of scanning through now and taking a look at some of the other questions that we have here. Here's a, a sort of a, a, a generalized one from Alan. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says, is the defense good? Or just middle of the road. And I guess that's where we've seen some dominant moments from this defense. We you mentioned earlier in the show they're three and three since Diggs went out. There are yeah. times where they look really good, other times where where it's it doesn't look as good as it should be. Right. Um, you know, when when given short fields, we noticed short fields for the Eagles. Dallas had a tough time, you know, yeah, holding firm when they gave up those short fields. So Brian, how would you, I guess the general question that Alan's getting at here is just like halfway through the season, how do you, what do you call this defense? I think this defense is, uh, I would say they are good. I don't think they're great. And I don't think they're great because they're missing some of their best players. I think the Van Der Esch injury really, really hurts them right now. I That Marquise Bell, you can't say enough good things about him stepping in. And the fact that Britt Brown and the trainers and all that, and the kid are trying to get ready you know, to play this week and he likely will play with a calf injury. 
that just shows you that this kid's committed. He knows he's got to be on the field. I know it's the Giants, but he's got to be on the field. He he knows that. He has to play. Um, they they really do miss Van Der Esch. They really do miss Diggs because Diggs' injury has hurt them to the point where they have to play. I guarantee you if if Bland was playing in the slot when Dallas Goddard ran that sail route and pushed off and then ran to the sidelines and it went for a third down catch for 20-something yards – I think I think if you put if you put uh, Goddard against Bland in that situation, I don't think Bland would have let him catch the ball. I, I don't think so. I think and Jordan Lewis at times has been good for you. I, I think that there's. I think if you ask me who would you pick on in the secondary, I pick on the slot, and then I would pick on uh, uh, Gallimore or excuse me uh, Gilmore, and then I would I would last guy I'd pick on would be Bland. And I think they've, I think they've lost, I think they've lost some of that ability because of those two players. And I don't think they've been particularly good at safety. That's, what, that's ha- what I was about to ask. What, and they have, and they have been good at safety before. Which is a they, bigger detriment to this team right now? The safeties, fact that they're safeties. missing that they're. If I told you you could get oh. one, I told you you can get Diggs back, or you can just get Wilson, Hooker, and Curse to return to the level of play we've seen them play the last two years. Which would be a bigger boost for the team? Have I'd love to. I'd love to. Play yeah, I'd, Diggs back. I'd love to have Diggs back. But I'll tell you what: if you in in, I love horse racing. It's a photo finish. It's no. It's nose to nose to the wire. Because I, I give me this Diggs. Is not, this has not gone unnoticed by this football team. By the way, these coaches. Yeah. If you talk to people in that building, they know these safeties have been really disappointing. They've been yeah. really frustrated. And, and that's and Dan guys. Dan Quinn had 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 like Dan Quinn had created magic curse he created magic with wilson he created magic with hooker this that that group right there if you uh if you want to talk about a group that's that's struggled at, at times and probably a little too much whereas how good they were last year that that's the one group you put a big circle around right now yeah, and that, i would that's- i would take i mean is that was a hard question, a really good question. Matter of fact, I might save that one for uh, <laughs> for one of the pregame shows. Ask for your Eric, fellas, yeah, yeah, about that because, it, or ask Brad Sham or ask Babe Lothenberg in the pregame if you could say, "Hey, I, I, could I have Diggs back, or would you want your safety play to be at a, 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 a and not, not even an elite level? Just get back a, to the level that it's been over work, the last two years. Bingo, yeah." Yeah. yeah. So, well, that does it for us here today on the Love of the Star podcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. I, I think we both anticipate a a victory, not only a victory, but a convincing victory. But Lord knows we will have more than enough to talk about if they struggle in this game at all. Uh, you know, it's it's a a bit of a stretch where they're going to get to breathe a little bit. You hope you get the Giants, then the Panthers, then Washington, then starts a gauntlet where you've got Seattle and Buffalo and Miami and Detroit and another game with Philly. This is going to be a really tough stretch. This is about the last three games of the season where you feel like you might be able to not not let off the gas, but breathe a little bit and just feel like you are the better team heading into all three of these games. Uh, so, yeah. so an opportunity that the Cowboys can't let slip away. Um, and so a, a, a unique opportunity that begins with this Giants game where – Honestly, if you don't go three and zero in this stretch, Brian, um, you you might be jeopardizing your season in a lot of ways. I feel like I think yeah. you have to sweep these three because you've got a, yeah. enough tough games coming up. Yeah. For Brian Broadus, I'm Bobby Belts. We will talk to you guys again later.